Oh, baby, it's a midweek Wednesday show, Doug, and we have got the Brooklyn Nets fans covered, not just from abroad across the NBA with Adam Silver's comments around any possibility of pausing the season and then getting into a rumor that you've picked up on, speculation, information, suggesting that there's an X factor on the Brooklyn Nets roster as the trade deadline will approach, and it's none of the superstars you might think. Big picture, small picture, we got it all covered for you, but first theme music you are locked on nets your daily brooklyn nets podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day All right, welcome back to the Locked On Nets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. I am at Adam Armbrecht, obviously covering the New York Football Giants on the One Giant Podcast. He is Doug Norrie, DFSR, for all your daily fantasy projections. He's got you covered, FanDuel, DraftKings, and Blue Checkmark Certified, by the way, over on Twitter. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day, free on all those great platforms. Dougster. It feels like we're at an all-star break or that the season ended and we're waiting for the next season to kick off because we're now getting into what the third day, going to be four full days before the Nets will get back on the court against Portland. How are we feeling on a Wednesday? Yeah, it feels like we're like weirdly in the off season, like, but we're not, but nothing's happening, but things are going to happen and the season's going to go or it's not like, I don't know. It's a very weird time. <laughs> like, I, like I'll say this from just a league wide sort of um, movement standpoint, I've been tracking player movement and like rotations and minutes really very carefully through DFSR for like the last six or seven years um, on a nightly basis, moving players out. Um, you know, and in and contracts and injuries and, and, you know, minutes and all this stuff. There's never been anything like this ever, obviously. And the only, and like, not, it's like not even, and it's frankly not even close to the amount of turnover and, and player just sort of like filling out 240 minutes for a basketball team across the league right now for some teams is, is close to impossible. Like the closest approximation is the day before, during and after the trade deadline. That's usually mm-hmm. when there's the most player turnover because players move, move and then you got to bring in some, you got to just, they got to fill out rosters because there's usually a clearing period, you know, for guys to clear their new teams, physicals, whatnot. And this is like that times 10. And if you did the trade deadline every day, <laughs> like it's something, it's, it's total, it's totally, and it's just totally bananas. You, the starting lineups for some of these teams are crazy. It's just un, totally unprecedented um, in the history of the NBA. And I frankly hope that there's just something that makes it never happen again, because I'm just like, it's, 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 it, it stinks. It's, it's just not the product that the NBA wants. Adam Silver talked about it. So I'm hoping they are able to move on. Like he kind of intimated, but um, it's just, it's totally crazy. What's happening with these teams. Yeah. We're going to get into Adam Silver's comments. We're also going to talk about a, a number of NBA I'll call them pundits, why not, that refer to a uh, Brooklyn Net player as an X-factor as we head towards about a month and a half out from the trade deadline when some moves could get made, especially for the Brooklyn Nets. And then, of course, uh, some rotation thoughts around home and away games with the return of Kyrie Irving. But it's like, it, it just quickly, it even reminded, it like, really reminds me of like coming out of G League and going to training camp when you just hand out a ton of contracts because you're not, especially if you're the Brooklyn Nets, 
Well, is Kevin Durant or James Harden really going to be taxing themselves in a couple of warm-up games in the preseason? No. So let's throw out a whole bunch of flyers to guys that maybe haven't even sniffed the NBA in, in recent memory, and all of a sudden they're getting swapped in and out. So it's been a uh, it's been fun, and I'm glad that I'm not someone that runs a daily projection website such as your, such as yourself. But um, on the Adam Silver piece, he spoke with uh, Malika Andrews, and we talked about this last episode: uh, the adjustments to the between the NBA and the Players Association, making it possible for more guys to get rotated and swapped in, so that the league can avoid having to postpone as few games as possible. And when Malika Andrews asked uh, Adam Silver any chance of pausing postponing a significant portion of the season. I don't know if she ever suggested about rebubbling or anything, but but Adam Silver essentially, I think, said what we've kind of been speaking to. This strand of COVID is going to be around. These elements of, of protocols and adjustments are going to happen. Everyone, sports and otherwise, has to deal with this. And he just can't see a logical reason to push the pause button because it doesn't look like this is going anywhere anytime soon. So the best thing you can do is try to adjust and continue to main, maintain some level of normalcy to the season. Yeah, look, he's just saying all the right all the right things that you're. We kind of had been predicting that was going to happen. It actually ha- isn't happening on the same timeline that I thought it was going to be. But all of the beats are there when it comes to hit like the these talking points, right? Like this is going to be around forever. We're not going to pause the season. Uh, it's just all setting up that they're going to make changes in some of these policies, so they don't need to do this again. They're just—it's the only thing I think that I, I personally or we have been incorrect about this part is just the timing of it, where they keep kind of staying on the same timeline through this wave, and then I think they'll probably still dial it back. And I thought I felt like the silver uh, piece was um, was just like kind of the first little salvo in that in that mm-hmm. kind of line of thinking, right? That it was. Yeah, like, you know, we're not pausing. We kind of, we knew that was going to be the case. We're just not doing that again. They're not going to pause. It's just too much money on the table. Um, And I think that they probably feel like the risk isn't like the risk health-wise is probably acceptable. And then they're not doing, they're 100% not doing the bubble again. Players would never go for it. And so, um, (laughs) like, there's, it's just that that easy. They would just all vote no. They'd say they weren't doing it. Like, they hated the bubble. There's no way, no chance. And so, um, the, when you take all those factors together, I'm just not, I'm just not at all shocked that this is the way. And I think this is just, these are these incremental steps that you're going to see. Like this is basically the first time he's talked publicly. He's talking publicly. He's saying things that are first laying the groundwork for they're not pausing. And I think the next few steps will be, like we said, changes in some testing policies, players get the boosters. They're subjected to less tests, things like that. I'm just like kind of riffing on that, but I think that's where we end up seeing this going. Do you find it at all interesting? And this is it's a little bit tangentially off of it, but I've just been noticing because you and I, we, we talked about the return of Kyrie Irving and what it looks like. And and the reason why we are essentially applauding the Brooklyn Nets as an organization for being agile around these things. And in some ways, it this feels like the same thing that you're hearing from Adam Silver. We're trying to be agile. We're trying to go with the flow here and make smart decisions as things come up. The last couple of days, I've been loosely tapped into the national narrative around the Brooklyn Nets decision and having Kyrie come back as a part-time player. And listen, there's different personalities, and maybe this is a roundabout way to get to a pat on our back of of being intellectually honest and being you know and, be, and being genuine in our perspectives on things and what we feel about stuff. Because there seems to be, and I'm not going to get anyone's mind, some produced outrage over this idea that it's it's a disgrace that the Brooklyn Nets would change course on this and I would find it interesting that you're not hearing that on this piece around the NBA of saying 
Well, now Adam Silver is being disingenuous to to speaking to health and safety and wanting to maintain a quality product and putting players first. Like all those things seem to be a back burner on an NBA level, but specifically around the Brooklyn Nets, they've been getting a few uh, a few a few shots fired, I guess, across their bow that this is somehow indicative of of an organization falling apart. Yeah, that's just clickbait stuff. I, I don't think there's anything more than that. The Kyrie, they, these guys are gals are begging for Kyrie to do something so they can spend like the A or B block talking about him. It's the best thing that ever happened to him. Like they get to yell about something um, of which they probably have very little um, actual insight on. They don't probably totally believe the opinion either. Like that's just a lot. That kind of not not everybody, but a big part of these guys and gals um, sort of repertoire is that they choose a lane and refuse to get out of it. It's the old talk show radio kind of stance. It's like, I know I, I said it once, so then I'm going to say it again. And it's funny because when you think like that, um, especially around content and entertainment, because it gets you clicks and eyeballs and I get it. That's how the bread gets buttered. It's not lost on me. Um, you know, we do, you know, we talk about stuff too, but once you choose your lane, that's your lane and you don't want to, you going back, you're going to catch heat. So they just stick in their lane. So when another organization who's frankly, organizationally and intellectually way smarter than you does something different. It kind of blow bursts your, <laughs> it kind of bursts your brain in half and you don't know how to deal with it, but they don't care because that's great. Like there's the best thing that ever happened to him. The best thing that yeah. ever happened to him was that the Nets choosing this, because if it's from a content standpoint, um, look, we did two episodes on it too. So I, I, we're, we're in this, we're in this, you know, muck and mire a little bit, but I don't think for to the, I, like we change, we'll change our opinion and, uh, you know, yeah. and say, Hey, I, I, we, there's new information. I'll look back on it. So I'm not shocked that they're choosing that lane because some of them are just told like, Hey, go talk about that and have an opinion and don't, and don't shrug your shoulders. Cause that's not going to fill up 10 minutes. <laughs> right. Well, it's fair. And again, um, as you say, it is where the uh, bread gets buttered. Unfortunately for uh, maybe some people I'm gluten free. So it's a little bit harder to spread that out uh, when some of these things come on get- the Ezekiel bread. There you go. Like it's uh <laughs> You you know how the Ezekiel bread gets country crocked. Anyway, we're going to get into real basketball stuff for the remainder of the show. We said X Factor on the Brooklyn Nets, as well as home and away rotation questions we want to talk about. But first, got to talk about keeping your mind calm because there's a, there is, listen, there's a lot of ups and downs. If you're an NBA player or you're a podcast host like Doug Norrie or myself, you want to keep your mind at ease just like LeBron does because LeBron and calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body. You don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce your stress, and perform at your best, just like King James. How about that? I've been thinking about getting some ups on, throwing on my kicks. For LeBron, sleep is a critical part of his mental fitness routine, and as he says, getting a good night's sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things that I can do for my body and mind. So if you head over to com.com slash locked on NBA, for a limited time, you'll get 40% off on a premium subscription. With Calm, you'll have access to the natural scenes LeBron loves, like rain or leaves. And you'll also see so much more, like sleep stories and meditation, so you can be ready for any challenge that life throws at you. Again, it's for a limited time. Our listeners are getting getting to join LeBron, excuse me, and use Calm with 40% discount on a premium Calm subscription at calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. Unlock the content to help you focus, ease, stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. Tongue twister aside, Doug. 
real quick, real quick, before we get to this next thing, I want to tell you, I forgot to tell you sure. this, but it's, it, it goes into the last thing. I, there was one other thing about this Adam Silver piece. I did not watch the Malika Andrews thing. I was kind of following it on Twitter and then caught up with some of the highlights afterwards. But I was sitting at the, the countertop, um, wife cooking dinner, you know, Kibitzin, uh girls were out and doing something. <laughs> it's like the first time we could ever like, t- we ac- actually talk. We're actually out having a somewhat serious conversation about something or a series that gets around this house. And, you know, but I still got, I guess I got the Twitter notifications on. So, um, cause you know, uh, priorities, but the, um, <laughs> but, 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 uh, a t- the, one of Woj's tweets came through. That was a quote from silver and he was retweeting, uh, Malika Andrews. And it said, uh, yada, yada about the interview. And then it said silver said there are currently no plans to pause the season. Now in the middle of my like serious conversation, I was having my wife, I, I omitted the word. No, like from that so it said silver said there are currently plans to pause the season and she was saying something kind of serious to me and my eyes just went wide (laughs) and i I gasped for a minute and she was like what is it and i was like i'm just gonna i just had a i just had to own up to what i was was you you didn't go with i'm just so shocked by the turn your story took that you were telling me no, I was like, I'm, I was, I'm t- 100% listening to what you're saying, so no worries there. But also, this thing that just I just for a second uh, thought that the NBA season was getting paused. So anyway, I smiled my way out of it, and I was good. But I did have a mini heart attack during the very serious and groundbreaking discussion we were having over uh, over dinner getting cooked. So anyway, we can go, we can move on. But that was the that was the little uh, you know wake up moment for me today. Little wink, flash a smile. We all know how Doug Norrie gets by around the household. It wasn't hard. It wasn't hard. Yeah. Now, oh, believe me. Uh, any, anyway, now that we know that Doug is locked in and focused on his uh, homestead, uh, X factors around the NBA. You, you were reading up on a handful of NBA uh, you know, voices who are basically identifying who could be X factors as uh, as essentially the trade deadline approaches and. I, maybe I'm a little surprised. I don't know because this Nick, it's Nicholas Claxton is the name that comes up, and I'm a little bit, I think, surprised because his journey has been a very up and down one, and I wonder if he can be an X factor outside of Brooklyn or if that's the perception of him. But but here's what the okay. beats on that before we dive in. Yeah. So last week, um, Zach Lowe had on Kevin Zach Lowe of ESPN, who I'm I, most of you I'm sure have at least heard of. Uh, one of the probably the best you know premier voices talking about basketball these days, uh, and then Kevin O'Connor, who's awesome from The Ringer. He had Kevin O'Connor on, and they and Zach had posed to Kevin O'Connor about you know give me your five X factors for the season um, for different teams. It was not team based; it was just any five guys from the NBA, uh, guys that you know could really swing a season for a team one way or the other. There was actually very little constraints put on this, as, as far as you could tell from the podcast. And so, and their, their lists were kind of all over the place. I'm not going to go through each one, but the one guy that overlapped both on the top five, there was a couple that overlapped, like in terms of like, Hey, I have some extras that I threw in was Claxton. Uh, They both said Claxton. And it was really interesting to hear these two national guys, right. Talk about a guy who has barely played for the Nets this season. And, you know, only recently has been starting and both of them to talk about sort of his development his value in the NBA right now and how he's probably both the Nets most critical piece defensively and also maybe their best trade chip if they wanted to go that way. So it was really interesting to think about Claxton as like this fulcrum of decision-making around where the Nets are right now, because they both kind of agreed that they need Claxton, the Nets do. And that if they were to, if they were to, 
need to up feel like they needed to upgrade something, they would probably have to include him. Right. So yeah. it's this very weird spot that they're in with them. Um, I don't know. What are your, I mean, you said it was interesting to hear that when you hear that sort of like the discussion around Claxton in that context does at least make sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, first, first, my mind flashes back to the Jared Allen being included in the process that ultimately landed us James Harden and going at Eric goes another young big out the window sure. for us. But I, I, I guess I found it interesting because from the Brooklyn Nets standpoint, it makes all the sense in the world. I mean, we've talked about a lot of these guys. What's the state of Paul Millsap's game? Is he going, when is he going to really be available for long stretches for the Brooklyn Nets? Blake Griffin falls out of favor early. Now he's resurged with, with all the absence of players, but I don't think it changes our opinion about what the long-term uh, you know, prospects are for him for the Brooklyn Nets season or for, especially for the playoff run. So from a Nets perspective, yeah. This is a guy in Nicholas Claxton who, when you're on the court and you want to run with him at the five and Katie at the four, I mean, we've said this a number of times since he's gotten back and started to find some minutes for himself. He can guard everybody. He can switch everywhere. He's leaning into that role. And that's the critical piece. It's the defensive value that he brings to the Brooklyn Nets that you cannot currently on this roster. There's nowhere else that you're pointing and saying, oh, well, we can make this up. And by the way, you, you can't even do it with two players and say we can make it up. Yeah, and most guys agree, and they talked about that a little bit in terms of his defense. We see it every night, so we've spoken about this at length before, is that his switch defense is among the best in the league, if not the best in the league. Um, His ability to basically guard one through five, but especially be able to um, guard around the perimeter on elite ball handlers. We've seen Mm -hmm. multiple examples of this at this point. Trey Young, Dame Lillard, he's handled these assignments about as good as you'll ever see a big handle it. And that, from a playoff perspective, is where you say, oh, it's, you know, he's really, really important to maybe what they're going to do, especially in a switch everything scheme, because he, if they're going to, if they know, or at least they can switch him and if they, if they know they can switch him um, really confidently that has extreme, extreme value, especially come playoff time. Right. And it, and it actually over, uh, it overshadows some of the deficiencies in his game. Like we still know he has like the ball handling. Well, he's not the ball. I mean, like the ball decision-making is not all that great. Um, and the finishing around the rim still needs it. Although there's been strides lately that make you feel a little bit more encouraged. And there was a reminder from these guys too, that he's, you think about him as like this long time that he's really barely played. <laughs> he's, he's played so little over the last couple of years because of injury and sickness and all this stuff. Like he got benched during the playoffs for, you know, for better or worse. Like he was basically, you know, buried when it came playoff time, but he really, in terms of like his overall career, he's really not played that well. So uh, to the point where you're wondering career like, 58 games played so far. Right. And, and, and not many minutes because there's, there's long a lot of those games where like the minutes were, were really low. And so you, yeah, average the highest is right now. in last year, 18 and a half minutes per game, essentially 17 for his career, been with the team for three seasons though, and has played 58 total games. Exactly. So like you all we're also still at a point where maybe he just hasn't even been given enough time to see if he can do these things. So because, you know, you know, give him 40 more games. What are we going to be saying about Nick Laxon? Like that would be not double like the end. Let me put it this way. If you played the rest of the season, he would basically have doubled his career output in games. Right. <laughs> for, for like something like that. The math is a little fuzzy there, but like for the most part, effectively, we'll have doubled the amount of games. So can you see you're not going to see two X growth in that time. But could he be looking like a much more comfortable and different player by that time? It's like it's really easy to start imagining that scenario. Well, and here's the tricky. So, uh, yes, it's interesting from that standpoint if you're the Brooklyn Nets. Now, the other part, there's a couple of things that factor in for me. 
again, let's stick internally before we talk about trade value and what that could look like for the Nets. Internally, I look at it as you're just starting to welcome Kyrie back. That's an offensive playmaker. We understand that. What is it? What does Joe Harris's timeline look like? When is he going to get back on the court? If you feel like when you're looking across your roster, you're either you're adding offensive value back, then to me, the idea of moving Claxton starts to make less and less sense. It only really becomes, uh, I, I think, a piece that you would put into the pot if Joe Harris's timeline doesn't pan out. He gets re-injured or if, if something happens to James Harden or something happens to Patty Mills, any of these guys that that represent real offensive value for your roster, where, remember, go back to last year, in the perfect world when everyone's healthy, the Nets' plan was to tell, tell other teams, you can't keep pace with us when we're doing everything that we can do offensively. And even if you're only going to have Kyrie Irving part-time, we're going to get to the, those rotation piece in the third segment here, but... Even if you're only part-time, you've now added Patty Mills. That's another layer. Cam Thomas, that's another layer. So you have created more offensive uh, playmakers on this team than you had a year ago. So I think that's probably the, the first step to whether or not the Nets would want to explore it is most likely out of necessity first and out of desire you know, second, if that makes sense. Yeah, like if you just didn't feel like he was good enough to play major minutes in the playoffs and you felt like you could get like a wing or something like that or a big that you thought you could upgrade those positions. And that's probably the only place you're looking right now is like bigger wing that can shoot some threes or legit playoff center. But I really don't think that exists. I, like, like, like there's no offensive, you know, playoff center that anyone is going to trade that the Nets can trade. There's really very few of those guys to begin with anyway. So, right. And like, and even the defensive centers, we saw the best one get played off the court in certain situations last year and go bear. Right. right? So like there are like, the, it's not like they're going to make massive upgrades at that position. So at that point, you're really probably asking yourself, like, is there any way to even marginally get better by trading him? It's not totally clear. There's more actually. So there's more meat on this bone than we talk about the trade market and his value. Let's get back into that in a second. After we remind you about our friends over at betonline.ag. They, of course, have you covered this holiday season with more props, odds and lines than ever before as the football season winds down and turns their attention towards the playoffs. And of course, you have those college bowl season. That's going to ramp up about 9000 of those. You can throw a few shekels on if you want to bet online remains your number one spot for all your sports action this season. Head over to that website or use your mobile device to sign up today and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On, and you'll receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available this season. Bet online where the game starts. All right, when you're done with bet online, you're busy right now. It's the holiday season. You're out and about, kibitz and carol and all the stuff that goes along with the holidays. Maybe you skip a meal here and there. Maybe you're just hungry. Maybe you just need a little energy boost. You got to head on over and grab some Built Bars. The flavors are going to hold up. Peanut butter, brownie, cookies, and cream, double chocolate, cherry, mint, brownie, raspberry. That's just a sampling of the flavors you can get over at Built Bar. The extra fuel that you need. This holiday season and beyond, everyone everyone we know, especially on the network, people, there was an entire group chat one day about everyone's favorite Bill Bar flavors. That's a real thing that happened. We have the receipts. Everyone was in there comparing, and there was just enough to go around. Bill Bar has you covered, like I said, when it comes to the fuel. Also, with the stats that let you know you're actually eating something healthy, even though it's covered with 100% chocolate. Right now, you go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. 
Get 15% off your order. Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Okay, so the other factor is that Nicholas Claxton, one, is up for an extension this offseason in the area of 50 million-ish, I think maybe 52. That can play a factor in how the Brooklyn Nets look at him if they, depending on what the numbers are all going to look like. We know player option for Kyrie, Joe Harris's number, all these things, right? So that could play a factor into how the Brooklyn Nets look at him and whether or not getting value now makes a lot of sense. And to whatever extent we we like Daron Sharp or think he can develop, I'm sure internally the Brooklyn Nets look at him and are trying to make choices about this. And by the way, that's not a one-to-one comp. But from the outside looking in, I, do, do you think, like to me, Nicholas Claxton's defensive versatility is a value that's really important to championship caliber teams that need a versatile big like that. If you're a a low-end team, let's name Team X, whatever, the Orlando Magic, and they're looking to dump a body, and the Nets think it's a it's a good 3-and-D guy, it's a shooter, they're going to add more offense. While, while Nicholas Claxton has value, I find it hard to, to look at him the same way that other teams were maybe looking at Jared Allen and understanding what he could represent for your franchise. I don't think Nicholas Claxton is that same type of five for a team. Uh, no, he's not. Um, but I think you could probably tell yourself a story. He's not Jared Allen at this point. So I don't, not, right. I'm not going to compare them. They're very just different players anyway. Exactly. hundred percent. But and in terms of, you that, know, what Allen's going to give you ec- rebounds around the basket scoring, right. And some nice rim protection. And that's important for, you know, for cornerstone pieces. I think with Claxton, the story you tell yourself from another team's perspective is that we would probably have him in a slightly different role. Like you would be able to, um, have a little more on-ball time to probably work out some of the stuff that you're not able to do now because when you share the court with Harden and uh, KD and if Kyrie comes back, like you're just not going to touch the ball a lot. And in different mm-hmm. situations, that could just look a lot different. Like even Jared Allen looks a lot different for Cleveland than he looks for the for the, uh, the Nets. Like they just use sure. him in a different way, and so or like in a you know a slightly dissimilar way. And so the you can just. Like this iteration of him, I think what you tell, I think what you would tell yourself in terms of value is you would say the defensive thing is real, and we already know we're getting that. And with any even moderate increases in the in the offensive game, like then we'd really have something, and that might not be something the Nets are able to or willing to develop because they're not just gonna see, you know, they're not gonna run him out there for thirty two minutes a game and kind of just like run some of the offense through him at times, right? <laughs> like that's just not what they're going to do, and. If you're a team looking to take a stab at some upside, this is just the kind of player you do it because, again, the one side of the ball is already – it's not perfect, but, man, it's really, really good. And he's 22 years old. And if you figure out the yeah. defensive – if you figure out the defensive piece at 22, like, there's a, there, there's a way for you to have a long career because it's usually – and for the regular fan, they're going to usually underrate that because it's not something you see. But here's the thing. Even with Claxton, even the even the – the mo- even like the 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 casual fan even the casual fan can see the defensive stuff here like it's so yeah. obvious because it gets put on display because it gets put in, ISO, in iso so much on these switches that even even a regular fan can kind of see what's how good he is at that end so i think from another team's perspective i don't think it actually would be a too difficult a story to tell yourself like i think you would say oh we'll just give him the ball we'll just ha- we'll have him with the ball more and we'll just let the mistakes get made and he'll just get better on that end and then you're going to really have like somebody that's 
just a different player, at least on the offensive end, than the Nets can can do. And you're not going to do what are you going to do? Like give the ball to Nick Laxton a ton on offense when you have Kevin Durant and James Harden. There's just no chance. So right. I think that's where you would tell yourself the story. Yeah, and so and then in that regard, it kind of it does kind of spell out that it'd be worth it if there's this extension on the horizon for him. That's not it wouldn't be that significant of a money amount to commit to him. And then arguably, if you're a young franchise or a rebuilding team, it's smart. You're, you're a smart guy, Doug. You end up having a really valuable asset that you can end up flipping again. To Sometimes, someone else as honestly. Well. The bigger problem here, frankly, is that and maybe we don't have time to do this, but is that looking at these teams that would take them on that horizon, like they really don't have much to give. See, that, there's actually a different problem going on here <laughs> around the NBA. Yeah. It's, it's you like, can't just sell it to nobody for nothing. Well, like, who are you going to take back that you that would really improve you from the Magic or the Rockets? I mean, like, would the Rockets do Christian Wood for him? There, I don't. There's no way. I'm just like throwing out names, but like how what? you and I'm not even sure that totally improves the net. It probably does, but the like on these really bad teams. Now, look, this, this list is going to look different a month from now when some of these teams have called the ball and said, like, we, we just aren't going to get there. But then for some of these other guys, the money becomes a problem because he doesn't make any money. So then you got to include somebody else. And so it's just a weird, it's just a weird spot right in the, sh- in the short term, because Claxton isn't making any money right now. It actually creates a problem. And then, it, and it creates a problem for the Brooklyn Nets because they're, they're sending out an asset that doesn't, that doesn't hold a lot of salary cap on the books and possibly taking back someone of a much higher mark, which as we've talked about throughout the season, the Nets end up paying, you know, (laughs) $4 on every dollar they spend. Like you'd have to include Joe Harris or something like you'd have to include some, some other, if you're looking for a guy who actually makes money that you know about, like that's what like, and I'm look, we're doing this at the very end. Like I haven't vetted these trades here, but all I'm saying is that just understand this money thing really becomes a factor. So what you're looking for is a person that can upgrade your team from a bad young, a team that's looking to get younger or is already young. And those teams just don't have tons, typically tons of veterans on your team that you would trust to bring in to be like, Hey, you can play X amount of minutes in the playoffs and be a plus player. So and I think ultimately, my, my guess is they just, my guess is they keep him and they just hope that he develops. Like that'd be, that'd be my guess now, but that's just, again, the NBA landscape as we've seen <laughs> to say it changes rapidly is a good understatement now. So I, it's like uh, that, that, that take could be, washed by the end of the you know end of the week here but, right but i think you're probably right in the sense that like the brooklyn nets also like you you always know your players better than anyone else does so you know what his value is and i'll i'll we can leave it on this note we won't get to these rotation pieces we'll flesh this out over the course of it because that's actually gonna the proof will be in the game pudding uh, as we start to move along here and the nets get back on the court um but it, it is interesting to think about Nicholas Claxton only being 22 years old. This is why when we talked about, oh, how has Kessler Edwards looked? How has Cam Thomas looked? How Dayron Sharp, David Duke Jr., all these rookies that we're talking about. It's almost like, yeah, and you can throw you can throw Claxton into that group because of how young he is. And in the in the old short-term, long-term perspective, having a bunch of young, talented players and seeing where things go over the next couple of seasons with a James Harden, with a Kyrie Irving, when you know you have Kevin Durant locked in. You probably don't want to start shipping off assets prematurely before you kind of know how the team's going to get shaped. So I, I tend to be on the boat with you. And as we all know, I love young players. So I hope Nicholas Claxton uh, is here for life. And I hope the Nets trade for Jared Allen. Anyway, let's get out of here. Uh, you're going to be in tomorrow solo previewing the Portland Trailblazers game as the Brooklyn Nets will finally get back out on the court. And we, hope, be, uh, we hope. We yeah. hope. I got to tell you, I, there's like, that's not, <laughs> I think they're going to play. I, but like, I, I don't want to <laughs> promise. A, that wasn't a... Totally guaranteed. They got on the plane, so we know that. Um, after that, we'll we'll see. It's uh, 
we live in weird and wacky times. I really hope they play. I'll preview that game as best as possible tomorrow. In the, in the meantime, make sure you're signing up over on YouTube, Locked On Nets YouTube channel. Much appreciate all the co- comments. Try to jump in there, uh, respond to everything. Uh, love everyone that's you know been in, along for that ride. Every episode and more going up over on YouTube. I'm going to put the uh, Locked On Nets YouTube link in the show notes. And by the way, guys, there's been a lot of ups and downs. Things are wacky for all kinds of teams, including the Brooklyn Nets. But if you're a fan and you have not been staying the course with the championship desires that we have, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Darth Vader. Oh, one of the all-time great poets, RIP. We'll be back again tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.